Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another edition of Big Ten Spotlight. It is Deion Thomas, the all-time leading scorer in Illinois Fighting Illini history, I am Aaron York, just another fan riding that Penn State roller coaster. It has certainly been a week of high and lows for me. And we've got a lot going on in the Big Ten as the action heats up. We're in late January. We're starting to speculate a little bit on the bubble, which teams are in, which teams are out. And maybe the biggest development happened, Dion, with your fighting Illini, Terrence Shannon Jr., Suspension lifted. I thought before he might be done for the whole season. A judge thought otherwise. A U.S. district judge overruled the suspension. Now he is back in the court. And Illinois won against Rutgers handily. So how do we feel about Illinois now? We think in Natty. We think in national championship. This this is a really great development for them on the court. Well, I mean, Illinois basketball, I thought, was always in that in uh, that race for the national championship. You have to look at them as one of the teams that that are right there. And, of course, with uh, Terrence being back on the court, it's huge. I mean, you just think about it. They went 4-2 and two when he wasn't there with a close loss to Purdue and another very close loss um, after that. So this is a team that I think is very well balanced, very well poised to be able to make a deep run in March. And when you have someone on the court like that, that just puts so much pressure on the defense, especially in transition, where he's one of the best two-way players in the country, to be able to put that type of pressure on teams, um, to shoot it the way he does at over 40% a clip right about now. Well, missed a couple in the last game, so it may have dropped a little bit. But, you know, it's averaging 21 points. It's excellent on the rebounds. But what he does is do a great job of shutting them down the other team's best. So, It'll be interesting to see um, coming up there. They got a game coming up, of course, Wednesday against Northwestern. I know we're going to talk about them a little later, but you can't talk about Illinois without talking about Marcus Damask and the way the doctor has played MD for those that that didn't that didn't catch that. <laughs> um, you know the the way the doctor has played uh, since arriving in Champaign. The way Quincy Gear has played since he's arrived in Champaign, he's averaging uh, – he has eight double-doubles now on the season. Uh, I didn't see the rebounding that he's shown when he was in Oregon that he's showing now, but it's great to see him go to the boards, especially on that weak side. And then, of course, Coleman Hawkins, who has really picked up his play since coming off uh, – I wouldn't say a knee injuries because that wouldn't be the exact – uh, way it was described or that I would describe it. The knee tendinitis, uh, I guess, is the way they describe it. The way he's been, the way he's played since he's been back with the exception of that Maryland game has been nothing but lights out. He did it again in the Rutgers game. And like you mentioned, you know, this, this is a team that could possibly compete for that uh, national championship. It all depends on your matchups, you know, who you get, where they send you. 
I do know one thing that Illini Nation is going to travel wherever this team is. The stadium is going to almost feel like a home game. So it'll be interesting to see how they, you know, continue moving forward. Yeah, I think I I think there's a chance and they they did lose that game at Purdue with Shannon Jr. out. They lost also lost at home against Maryland. That was a game where they were favored to win even without Shannon Jr. and they really could have used him in that game. But other than that, they looked pretty good. They looked pretty good. They got that big win over Michigan State. Yeah. And then Shannon Jr. comes back and he's he's go, getting downhill. He's getting to the line against Rutgers. He scores 16 points with four assists. And he came off the bench in his in his uh, the in his comeback game. So he only played 28 minutes. And yeah, I I like I agree with you. I like what everyone was doing in his absence. I think it allowed guys like Damask and Garrier to shine. Coleman Hawkins, uh, he in his last few games, he's done so much. He's been uh, uh, he's done a little bit of everything. He's like a Swiss Army knife with the way he's a, he's he's racking up steals and he uses long arms to block shots. He can also hit the three. He can do so much. And with Shannon Jr. out of the lineup, he was just one of the guys who was able to step up. And that's why this Illinois team, they've got so much potential. They've got so much potential and there's so much that they can do to put pressure on you, whether it's the mask backing guys down, getting within 15 feet. And he's really dangerous once Man, he gets that close killer. to the basket. Yeah. He's a killer when he gets down there, boy, but yeah. you know, I love yeah. the way you brought up Coleman. There's one other player that we definitely cannot forget about and two more. I'm sorry. And that's Justin Harmon and Ty yes. Justin Harmon and Ty Rogers. I mean, even Justin in the last game led Illinois in scoring with 18. I mean, those two guys, and that's what I believe is the is the really the determining factor. When Dane Danger's on the court, he's extremely effective, um, both offensively, defensively, and on the glass. The depth of this team is is where they are. They're dangerous. I mean, they can easily go 10 deep. You know, Nico Moretti being back, who's an excellent pure point guard, um, who's came, came back off of the ankle injury. You know, the, the young Dre Gibbs Lawhorn, who will be an explosive player for Illinois, along with Amani Hansberry. I mean, they can literally go 10 deep if necessary. And I think that's what's going to, what could propel them uh, moving forward. You know, yes, top, TSJ. The doctor and Q and the Hulk are the are the heads of your snake. But now, man, who are you calling the Hulk? Who's the Hulk? I don't even know who the Hulk is. The Hulk, H A W K. Oh, Hawk, Hawk, Hawk. I'm from Chicago. Yeah, he's not built like the Hulk. He's more I'm like yeah, Chicago, he's the Hulk. Man. No, no, he is not built like the Hulk. <laughs> he's more. He's built more like Stretch Armstrong. Yes, yes. That's another, yeah. Maybe we'll start calling him Stretch Armstrong. Or, or yeah. Mr. Wonder, or Mr. What was it? Uh, the final four, the Fantastic Four guy. Whatever. Oh, yeah. He's Mr. Fantastic. Yes. Mr. He fantastic. has been fantastic. He has been fantastic lately. Yes. Uh oh. I might have to use that when I'm on the call tomorrow. <laughs> oh, love it. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. We'll get the, uh, we'll get Big Ten Spotlight a little bump when you, when you, yeah, start using those nicknames on the air. I loved, love that. Yes. And uh, we talked about that, you know, with our next topic actually flows right into, I know Northwestern has a game today, but the next big game for them, um, 
for Illinois is Northwestern coming up on on Wednesday. So that leads us into the next topic, as you as you mentioned about bubble teams. What do you think? Uh, I I like Northwestern right now. They ESPN has Northwestern as a nine seed. It's going to be a big showdown because Northwestern really needs this win to solidify their status. That game is coming up on Wednesday night and is in Northwestern. We saw Northwestern. They were blown out in Champaign. So they're going to, but Northwestern, a team plays much better in the friendly confines of Welsh Ryan arena. They already have beaten Purdue there. They've beaten Michigan state there. Those are the two big pegs on their tournament resume, but they also have a very weak non-conference schedule and that horrible, horrible, no good, terrible nightmare loss to Chicago State that is just going to be an anchor as this team tries to lift itself into the NCAA tournament. And if the tournament started today, they would be there. So they're in great shape, but they missed a big opportunity at Nebraska. Nebraska just looked like they wanted to give that game away. They turned the ball over 18 times, but... Northwestern, a rare bad shooting night when Boo Booey and Ty Berry only combined. They went, uh, they were really bad shooting the ball. They, they combined to go four for like 20 or something. And when those two guys aren't making shots, even though Brooks Barnheiser had a great game, it's tough for Northwestern. And they tied that game 65-65 with four minutes left. And it was anybody's game. But Kasey Tominaga, the most dangerous shooter in the conference. He hit a huge shot to put away at Northwestern. That would have been a huge, huge road win for them. So Nebraska 4-0 now against the Big Ten at home, and they have not played not played just the bottom of the league. They took down Purdue at home. So yep. Nebraska, such a, uh, such a tough team to beat in Lincoln. Northwestern was that close. They could have had it, but – there are more opportunities down the road, and it starts with this game against Illinois. So that is one to really look forward to because Northwestern's got so much on the line, and every game with their position in the NCAA tournament, and every game is going to mean so much for Northwestern. Well, the, the plus for Northwestern is that they're going to have an opportunity to get a lot of cl- uh, quad one wins. And this one starting uh, today with – I mean, not today, I'm sorry, Wednesday with Illinois – they're going to have a really great opportunity um, to beat a, a top 10 ranked team. Now, do I believe that's going to happen? I got to be honest. I'm not being a homer or anything like that. I just don't believe they match up uh, with Illinois very well. Uh, their games in Welsh Ryan, you know, they don't, they don't allow uh, fans of Illinois to buy tickets at Welsh Ryan, if you could believe that. Um, because they consider they consider that a, a rivalry, and they understand that. <laughs> but you don't consider it a rivalry. You, Illinois, Illinois looks down their their nose at, at Northwestern. Well, I mean, come on now, we've been beating on them since they came into the. I mean, since they, the Big Ten was formed yeah. and they came no, in. So, those, no, it's not. It's not those a rivalry. Are relationships that make college sports great when you have exactly. big brother, little brother. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. But. Their, their former athletic director, who is or was, is an Illini, Jim Phillips, who's now the uh, commissioner of the ACC. Their then uh, uh, athletic director, he's the one that came up with this whole Chicago's Big Ten team. And, <laughs> yes. it, it, rubs, and it rubs Illinois people raw. Oh, oh if I was an Illinois fan, it would drive me crazy. 
<laughs> rub them raw, including myself. Yeah. Being from Chicago, you know, I know yeah, oh, that, yeah. that coaching staff really well. So when I see them, I give them shit all the time. I'm like, you do realize you're not even in Chicago. <laughs> they are on the Met. They are on the uh, not the Metro. They're on like the L. They're all the way at the end of the that uh, that that Metro line. Oh, you're in, you're in the suburbs. You're not in <laughs> Chicago. Your, your address says Evanston, Illinois. It does not say Chicago, Illinois. So you're not in Chicago. You don't have a player on your team that Chicago. <laughs> None of your coaching staff that you know, and I love those guys. None of them are from Chicago. So how could you quite frankly be Chicago's big fan team? And I'd love to see their acceptance rate of people from Chicago. <laughs> I mean, let's hit it all the way around, man. Yes. No, but you you, uh. you mentioned that that game, you know, more on a more serious note. You mentioned that game in Lincoln. That would have been a huge win for them on the road because I believe at the end of the day, Nebraska is going to make it to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. They've had some really good wins. They have an opportunity to pick up some more quad one wins, as you mentioned. They are tough as hell to beat in Lincoln. But you can't have your two best players go four for 25. Brooks Barnheiser scoring um, 20, excuse me, 20 plus points is not going to win for you. Ryan Langhorn scoring in double figures for you is not going to win you. The, the a, a big game. You have to have Boo Boo. You have to have Ty Berry because they're just that good. But this is where I believe the issue in this matchup comes uh, to fruition. The Illinois guards are bigger, stronger, more athletic, and then Illinois is able to defend and stay with the wings and the pivots and the posts. So it, it's a it's a tough matchup for Northwestern, but Northwestern, like you said, has been really good at home. Um, and at home, I mean, over the last year or so, they beat Illinois. Um, it's it's been tough sledding for uh, Illinois up in Welsh Ryan. So this is a game that they could win. So this is a game that Illinois cannot sleep on, and they have to understand that this is an opportunity for them to beat another team that's be in the NA tournament. So they'll pick up another quad one win. I mean, right now, uh, Northwest is at 13 and five. They will definitely have a 20 win season. So they'll be in the tournament. So Illinois can't sleep. Northwestern can't sleep. I think it's going to be a rock fight because I don't believe in 30 point wins in the Big Ten because it happens so seldomly. So this is definitely going to be a heck of a game uh, coming up on Wednesday. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I don't think Illinois is going to be sleeping on them. I think you might step in there and give the guys a pep talk about this this rivalry with Northwestern. So I like that. I love the fire coming out of you when we talk about the Northwestern <laughs> against Illinois. And oh, I got to the Iowa game. Woo-hoo, you yes. <laughs> Love it. And uh, and I got that wrong before Northwestern. They have as a 10 seed on ESPN. Nebraska is the nine seed. That might have been flipped if that result in Lincoln went the other way. But right yeah. now, Nebraska is a little bit farther, a little bit safer because they didn't lose to Chicago State. And exactly. and like you said, yeah, that that Illinois game, I, I, Illinois probably going to be probably. Illinois against Northwestern. Illinois is probably going to be a slight favorite. I I like that. If they can defend those guards, they have a good chance to win. Maybe I'll put a couple shekels on that one. 
it, depending on we don't the uh, the lines don't come out until the day before, so we'll see. But I expect it to be close, just like you, and that is going to be one of the most exciting games of the week. So now we can uh, we can get into a team that's another team that's in the NCAA tournament field. It's been rising up the ranks. They got off to a slow start this season, but last few games have gone pretty well. They picked up two wins in their last two against Minnesota and at Maryland, which just happened on Sunday, and they are Michigan State. Michigan State, high expectations coming to this season. They did plenty to lower those expectations, uh, starting right off the bat when they lost to James Madison, lost to Duke. They start off Big Ten season 0-2 with loss to Wisconsin and Nebraska, but lately they've been much better, and a key factor has been forcing turnovers and getting out in transition. And Tyson Walker, we know how he can shoot. We know how he can score, but eight steals in the last two games. And he is so dangerous when they are out in the open floor. They won the turnover battle 19 to five at home against Minnesota. That allowed them to pull ahead and win 76 to 66 with Walker scoring 12 key points in the final four minutes when that was a close game up until the last few minutes. And then Michigan state pulled away and then that, that nip and tuck close game that came down to the final possession at College Park, they, Michigan State won the turnover battle 18 to 8. And in a two-point game, that makes more, than a, <laughs> makes more than a difference. That was pretty much how they won the game, was forcing turnovers, getting out in transition. They built a lead. Maryland came back. Michigan State able to hang on thanks to some key buckets by A.J. Hogard and – yeah, this is a team that's worth discussing because they look like they're finally playing up to their potential. They haven't beaten any of the top teams lately. They Their three-game winning streak against Rutgers in Minnesota at home and then at Maryland. And they have this big game against Wisconsin coming up. Wisconsin, they already lost to in East Lansing. Now they, on Friday night, standalone game. Every college basketball fan in the country is probably going to be watching this game on Friday night because it's the only big game on on Friday night. And they're in Madison. Yeah. And they have a chance to show that Sparty's back and that and that it really is like John Rothstein says, it really is January, February is O and that they are go, ready to make a run past uh, to the Sweet 16 and beyond. So I think we're going to learn a lot uh, about this, about Michigan State when they play Wisconsin. But what have your what have your impressions been about this improvement they've made over the past couple of weeks? Well, the Badgers have always been a team that is built on consistency, built on not beating themselves. They continue to scratch, claw, and, and you know, in, in every possession that they play in. So I am not, I'm not surprised. You know, they had all of the technical things and all of the base was really set uh, from last year's team. And then they went out and brought in who I found to be a terrific score in AJ store. He, he gives them that go-to guy when Klesmet or Hepburn aren't, aren't playing up to, you know, their level or even Steven Crowell. He's normally Mr. Consistent. Um, he gives them a legitimate bona fide dude that can go out and get you 20, 25 points a game. That's what he does. And this is why one of the reasons I think uh, this Badger team is really tough. And one of the things that goes a little bit unnoticed 
Um, you know, we talk about the freshman of the year in the Big Ten and the freshman of the week and the freshman of this. Three-time freshman of the week player um, out of Detroit whose father is a fighting Illini and played in Illinois uh, in the early to mid-80s, John Blackwell. Yeah, he's been great lately. This young man uh, has been lights out. And, you know, we were on our our Illinois basketball player. Uh, uh, um, oh, my God, I don't want to say Twitter. It's not what I'm saying. Text line. So we're all texting on John's first game. And then when he played and he played so well. And, of course, a lot of those guys from the flying Illini team was like, he should have been in Illinois. He should have been in Illinois. No, the kids should go to school where he wants to go to school. <laughs> I understand the legacy. I would have loved to have seen him in orange and blue, especially being the kid of a, an Illini player. But he has to go to where he he's comfortable. And this young man is comfortable right where he is, averaging nine points a game, uh, three rebounds a game. He's give almost an assist a game. He's been a welcomed um, piece to that team, and I'm sure – uh, Coach Guard is is glad that they landed him because uh, this young man has, and as a matter of fact, he looks like his dad too, which is even crazier, just with longer hair. You know, back in the day, we didn't wear dreads. Yeah. So, <laughs> his dad, Glenn, had a nice high and tight fade. And, you know, the young, you know, the young Blackwell has the, the, the long hair going, yeah. but this young man's toughness, his speed, his quickness, his athleticism, his ability to shoot the basketball has been, you know, a, a blessing for this team. I mean, shooting over 50% from three, man. And his dad had a nice jump shot, too. I, I know I keep referencing going back and forth. There are different players. His dad played the point guard, um, also had a really nice jump shot. But I think um, John is more dynamic um, in the things that he could do on the court. And he has been a huge um, addition to what they do. And I think that has led them to be where they are right now, sitting at the top of uh, the Big Ten, one win clear of both Illinois and Purdue. Yeah, Blackwell's been huge. I think he also, I like how he attacks the basket as well, because Wisconsin always such a good jump shooting team and they could use more players that can that can get to the basket. And I think that's what's helped him get on the floor so much as a freshman is that he gives Wisconsin something that it doesn't have a lot of. Yep. And yeah, I, I'm glad you brought him up because I was uh, we were talking about Owen Freeman last week and what he's doing for Iowa. And and I think Blackwell's been the only one getting in the way of Owen Freeman sweeping all the freshmen of the week. So Very he's done, yeah, so he's done a great job. And this game on Friday night, a standalone game that everyone can watch, it is just going to be fantastic. And I'm really looking forward to see if Michigan State can can prove itself. It, it has the, it's the biggest chance for Michigan State to get a really big win since they beat Baylor in Detroit back in December. And what was, and that was another, that was another point of their, their transition look on display as they just got, they just boat raced a really good Baylor team with turnovers and with transition, transition buckets. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, yeah, Wisconsin, they protect the ball so well. So is Michigan State going to be able to force some turnovers and get into transition with that game being in the Cole Center and with the way Wisconsin plays? It is going to be a tough matchup for Michigan State.
I'm looking forward to that game. Um, yes. I, you're right. You, you you made a statement earlier about Izzo being February, March Izzo. And that I remember that took me back to when we were talking about quads and, you know, where we ranked these teams in the big, in the big 10 and which quad. And I put Michigan state in that first quad. And it's specifically because of this time, Tom Izzo figures out a way his team begins to seems like they begin to understand what he wants and what he's looking for. And they play with that same type of intensity. This is going to be a fight. I mean, a heavyweight championship bout in the Cole center. Can Michigan State go in there and win? Yes. Anytime you got a Tyson Walker on your team with the leader that he is and Hogarth and, and those other guys, those are they're gonna they're gonna take this team down to the wire. This will be a dog fight. And then we talk about matchups. Again, other than Tyson Walker, these are bigger guards and, and forwards at Michigan State. Michigan State does a great job of pounding you on the glass. It's kind of that Tom Izzo way. And then they play really quickly once they obtain those rebounds. Can Wisconsin keep up with them? Uh, I believe, yes. Wisconsin is is more athletic than they have been in the past. I think Coach Guard has gone up against Coach Izzo enough to understand how he's going to play and the things that he's going to do. It's going to boil down to who makes baskets. And I know that you know the fans might be like, of course it does. Yes, that's what I was. Thinking. Yeah, that's what I was. Thinking. Of course, it does. The team with the highest score at the end wins. But you got to understand, each of those baskets are going to be very hotly contested and defended. Who can play through that contact? Who can play through that pressure? And score are going to be the ones that that win this game. Michigan State defends the three. You know, Wisconsin likes to shoot the three. But they also get to the rack. So this is a little bit different of a Wisconsin team that has been in the past. So, you know, with us, the old formula of Michigan State work, beat you down on the glass, get out of transition. Or does the, you know, the newfangled Badger way win where you can get out in transition, but yet you still shoot the ball and do the things you are. I don't It's a toss up. I'm sure Wisconsin is the favorite um, at home. I don't know what the, the spread is and. Since I work in college sports, I don't talk spreads. <laughs> I don't talk spreads. That is none of my business. But um, this is going to be a, a doggone good game. And what could be Michigan State's crutch is the fact that they turn the ball over far too much. But you tend to do that when you're playing fast. So what Wisconsin is not going to give you opportunities to beat them. Can Michigan State limit their opportunities that they give you to beat them? That's going to be the telltale. Yeah, it's going to be a big test on Michigan State's half-court offense if they can't get out in transition. And can Malik Hall, can they win this grinded-out game with Malik Hall getting the ball in the post and Tyson Walker playing more of a half-court game? And just it when you're doing that half-court, it's just harder to find open shots. Yes. And when you're out in transition. So I think it's going to be a big test for Michigan State. I think Wisconsin has the edge because of their style of play. And the, obviously the Cole Center is a huge factor in that one. And the fact that they already handled Michigan State back in December, they won in East Lansing. So that is the one to look forward to. Although Wisconsin has to be careful because they, they are at Minnesota coming up tonight, Tuesday yep. night. So they do have a game 
before the before Michigan State that they have to be careful of because it's always oh, yeah. tough to win on the road. It's always tough to win at the barn. But either way, it's going to be a really good one on Friday night. And and uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of great action this week. Ohio State's playing at at Lincoln. Ohio State is has been booted by the experts from the tournament field. They need to fight their way back in. And you got that Illinois Northwestern game we talked about. So much happening. Purdue's playing at Rutgers on Sunday on Fox as a New Jersey resident, not used to seeing Rutgers on a big nationally televised game. So that's going to be exciting, especially for local fans. What happens when you play Purdue? (laughs) That's what happens when you play Purdue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Purdue factor is big. But with Rutgers playing the way they have the last few years under Steve Peichel, I think that also played a role in getting that national television. But, yeah, yeah, everyone wants to see Zach Eady against Cliff Omarui is going to be the main event on Sunday. That'll be a nice lead into football. So lots of going on. This is Big Ten Spotlight. It is B1G Spotlight. It is on YouTube, on Apple, on Spotify. Make sure you leave us a five-star review on Apple. Like and subscribe on YouTube, and you can follow us on X, the app formerly known as Twitter. He is Dion Thomas 25 I am Aaron P. York. And thank you so much for listening, watching, watching, however you follow us. Enjoy the Big Ten basketball this week. Peace out. <laughs>